command council meeting that's taking place now at the same time. Oh, okay. No, oh, you, you informed me about that uh, earlier uh, this morning. <clears throat> uh, thank you very much. Uh, um, honorable members, as I was indicating, we will be now receiving a, a report uh, from the ministry and the department. And then we'll uh, have uh, questions and uh, answers. And then we conclude this. Uh, unfortunately, we will be also joining another committee uh, that will be starting at uh, six uh, this evening. Uh, that will be ending at uh, nine. Yeah, so I just thought they must indicate uh, uh, that aspect. At this stage, I'll, I'll hand over to the Deputy Minister uh, to take us through. Over to you, uh, DM. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson and members, Honorable members of the Select Committee. Uh, let me take this opportunity, uh, Chair, to acknowledge the presence of our Director General, Ndate Lamati, uh, senior management of our department, our advisors, and all other members who are, have joined us in this meeting. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are presenting the adjusted budget allocation and, and a revised uh, annual performance plan, Honorable Chair, for 2020 and 2021 today. And we give the committee, the select committee, as just a snapshot, uh, Honorable Chairperson, of the impact of the dual crisis of health and uh, both health and the economy, which we face as a country, and, and the impact that is having on government services. And I must say, Honorable Chairperson, that the officials will provide in details uh, the adjustments. Uh, I think mine, uh, uh, Honorable Chair, is just to attempt to provide an overview, just to flag the challenges that we are facing as a department in a nutshell. I believe, uh, Honorable Chair, that uh, it is common cause that the, the pre-pandemic uh, South African economy was already in negative territory with falling GDP and rising unemployment, resulting in reduced government revenues, increased deficits and negative findings by rating agencies already before the pandemic. Now, at the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members, and the early lockdown uh, to slow down the spread of the virus intensified the uh, economic pain. And I'm sure all of us, we are aware now that National Treasury and the South African uh, Reserve Bank, uh, I mean, had to forecast a 7% economic contraction by the end of 2020, resulting in up to 1.7 million uh, job losses. It's already so in negative territory with all of this, uh, honorable members, uh, means uh, amend the, the hardship for individuals and families, and uh, but also reduce government revenues and consequ consequently reduced budget allocations, which is why we are here today to announce a 7.2% downward adjustment in budget allocations across the department, or to use the correct uh, national treasury language, Honorable Chairperson, uh, now this, this term that is a 7.2% suspension of funds for 2020-2021. And on top of this, Honorable Members, this cut, uh, uh, the point, the point has, has to be made that in the projected increase in unemployment 
management will also increase the demand on the department services, particularly your public employment services, labor policy and industrial relations, including the CCMA, uh, whose uh, caseload has greatly increased with retrenchment uh, applications and disputes arising out of the lockdown as well, as our uh, network, uh, whose workload increased with managing engagements between parties to regulate the lockdown, and which will also be expected to take the lead in hammering out a social compact to address the economic and unemployment crisis in the months to come. Honorable members, the National Treasury agreed with our assessment and cuts uh, to the CCMA, which are significantly lower than elsewhere else, actually. And it, uh, it is a situation that, it depend, that our department will monitor closely because we felt that having to touch the CCMA under the current situation is actually uh, more painful than anything else, but we had to do something about this whole situation. <laughs> I must indicate also, Honorable Chairperson, that these are the issues that the UIF has been struggling with uh, in the last three months, providing short-term income support to over 6 million laid-off workers at a cost of nearly three, um, 30 billion rands, whilst also keeping an, uh, one eye on the long-term financial sustainability of the fund and in the knowledge that there will be greatly increased uh, claims for ordinary UIF in the months ahead, as well as the demand for labor activation programs to provide support to companies that are in distress. I must also hasten, uh, Honorable Chair, to indicate the need to mention uh, the increased demand for the services uh, of the labor inspectorate during the pandemic and the lockdown, as they shift focus to, to enforce new health and safety regulations to protect workers uh, in the workplace uh, from the virus itself. Uh, I miss the downgrade, honorable chairperson and honorable members, uh, the budget revisions. Uh, I must also uh, reflect one positive change in the APP, uh, with the addition of one output for program one focusing on the on campaigns to change behavior uh, in relation to gender-based violence in line with government priorities. I think this one is a plus for us as a department. And the budget reallocations, Honorable Chair, and impact of the pandemic and lockdown also meant that the department has to move funds around. And among others, but not limited to the fact that there are financial savings on meetings like these ones. Uh, because I'm sure you're aware that we are no more traveling a lot and going to meetings, having to cater. And in the terms, uh, in terms of travel and accommodation and saving time for that matter, I'm sure you would understand that it's a, it's a plus for all of us. But the new conditions also, uh, the new normal uh, conditions of work requ uh, require increased expenditure on ele electronic devices and data. Uh, to allow more people to work from home. I'm sure all of us now, we are all uh, acclimatized to working from home like we are doing currently. Moreover, Chairperson, the pandemic called for major expenditure on PPEs, uh, deep cleaning, sanitizers, etc., for staff and clients, as well as the cost of introducing social distancing in offices and our labor centers across the country. Uh, I must hasten uh, again, uh, Chair, here also to mention the impact of the pandemic on our capacity to deliver services. I must uh, inform uh, honorable members that uh, nationally, as a, a Department of Employment and Labor, uh, 240 members of our department were quarantined, while 64 uh, tested positive and two uh, tragically have lost their lives. 
Uh, these figures uh, need to be updated in terms of what is happening in the entities, uh, which means we need to incorporate also the work, uh, what has happened uh, through uh, about these uh, statistics with the, within the entities. Also, Honorable Chairperson, remember the, the knock-on effects of outbreaks as we have to close down offices and labor centers for, close, for deep cleaning. Uh, I believe, Honorable Chairperson and Honorable Members, that as this uh, that uh, crisis of this sort we are living through in 2020 also provides an opportunity to review uh, the way we have operated in the past and to work smarter with fewer resources for the future. I want to take this opportunity, Chair, to thank you for your audience. Uh, thank you very much, uh, uh, Honorable uh, Deputy Minister. Uh, for the overview and the uh, uh, opening remarks. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, at this stage, then, we'll uh, ask uh, the uh, Director General uh, of the Department uh, to take us through the revised uh, APPs. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable uh, Chairperson, and uh, good, good afternoon to the Honorable Members. Uh, Deputy Minister and colleagues, <clears throat> Mr. Luang is going to assist me uh, with the with running the presentation. Can you move to slide two? Thank you, Chair. As indicated by the the, the Deputy Minister. Um, our budget has been adjusted uh, downwards by 7.2%. These are the programs that have been affected by sorry, the... Sorry, Gigi. Sorry, I don't know whether it's uh, from my side. I uh, I don't see the presentation uploaded. I don't know. Maybe it could be from my side. It's uploaded, I think it's only from your side. Is it, it loaded? Side, yeah, it's loaded, sir. Oh, sure. I wonder what's happening. Okay. You can continue. Uh, it, it does happen from time to time, Chair. Um, I think it... Yeah, but but from our side, I can see it. <clears throat> so these are the programs that have been affected by um, the, the revision downwards. Uh, program 1, Administration. Program two, inspection and enforcement services. Program three, public employment services. Program four, labor policy and industrial relations. Uh, supported employment enterprises. And of course, we'll deal with the transversal factors. We'll take the committee through um, the COVID-19 interventions and the COVID-19 impact on service delivery. The Deputy Minister briefly touched on that. Next slide. Next slide. Okay, the next slide deals with the 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 appropriation and the the and the revised budget or the adjusted appropriation. Initially, the department was allocated just over 3.6 billion and with the 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 7.2 adjustment 
um, downwards, the the department is now left with three point three three billion three hundred and seventy five million eight hundred and twenty nine thousand, and the actual amount that has been suspended is 261,920,000. For administration, that translates to a 7.2% cut, and that is, in monetary terms, 72,838,000, and that left the administration with 938 million. Inspection and enforcement services, they had a budget of six million The effect of the 7.2 um, downwards uh, suspension is that their budget is now reduced by 48,444,000, leaving them with 628,449,000. Public employment services, they had a, a budget of 643 million 560 has been suspended from their budget leaving them with 592 million 959 and that translates to 7.8% uh, reduction labor policy and inter, in, industrial relations they had a budget of 1.3 billion, 90 million has been uh, suspended from that budget, leaving the branch with just over 1.2 billion, and that translates to 6.9 percent reduction. So Chief Sonny, can I, Chief can I just interrupt and notice that the presentation is not being presented. Um, I've actually got the presentation here on hand. Can the DG just indicate what page he's presenting from? Okay, there I see it again. Oh, okay. okay, I'm in slide three. Oh, so it's not uploaded. Is the presentation not uploaded? I can see it. It is. Oh, you can see. It. I think there was a there was a technical glitch. Uh, I can also see yeah. it the whole time. I can see it. Oh, okay. Now, and now I can see it. previously. I couldn't. That's why I sent the message. Oh, okay. I'm I'm looking at my tablet because uh, I've given up because I can't see it at all. Yes, but uh, now then I don't know if uh, Miss Solomon uh, can see it. Yes, I can see you, Chi, but um, when oh, I raised okay. the issue of, yeah, so like members, I wasn't. Okay, you can continue, DG. I'll, I'll uh, use my uh, tablet. Okay, Chair, I'm now Thanks. slide um, four. Can we move to slide four? Slide four. In slide four, we're indicating the, the economic classification. Um, the, for instance, for current payments, current payment includes um, the compensation of employees and um, goods and services. So we had a budget of 2.177 billion, sorry, billion, and it it, it was uh, suspended uh, by 8.8%, which translates to 102 million, 
and we're now under current payment have 1.9 billion. For transfers and subsidies, we had an allocation of 1.3, just over 1.3 billion. We had 63,511 suspended. We now have 1.3 um, billion, and that translates to 4.6% reduction. For payments for capital assets, we had 68,828. We effected a 6,342,000 suspension downwards. And we're now sitting with the 62,486,000, and that translates to 9.2%. And and in total, check again, we reflect that uh, we... The, the total suspension or total suspended funds is 261,920 million. And that again translates to 7.2% um, suspension. Slide five. Slide five is a breakdown of that current payment reflecting, um, reflecting the cut in terms of uh, or the suspension in terms of compensation of employees and goods and services. <clears throat> so it's a breakdown of that 2.1 billion that I spoke about earlier on. Initially, we had for compensation of employees, we had a budget of 1,490,476,000. From that budget, 96,639,000 has been suspended, leaving us with um, one billion three hundred and ninety three million eight hundred and thirty seven that translates to six point five percent reduction for goods and services we had a budget of six hundred and eighty seven million and eighty one with ninety five uh, with a nine with um, ninety five million four hundred and twenty eight um having been uh, suspended we are now left with five hundred Five hundred and ninety-one million six hundred and fifty-three, and which translates to thirteen point nine percent suspension. And that again uh, takes us to um, what we have um, as an as an allocation after that that adjustment, which is one point nine billion, and that translates to eight point eight percent. Slide six. Slide six indicates how each branch um, has dealt with the with the 7.2 reduction, and where the 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 funds have been taken um, from which program or from which um, uh, from which budget, and what's the percentage of each the, um, element of that uh, of that budget. For instance, for administration, the compensation of employees. We had 453,337,000. We effected a reduction of 5 million, and we're now left with 452, and that translates to 1.1%. For goods and services, administration had 508,274,000, has been suspended and the branch is now left with 
million four hundred and fourteen thousand, and that translates to twelve point eight percent reduction. For transfers and subsidies, that budget was left um, untouched. Payments for capital assets, the the branch had a budget of forty five million, and of that two million nine hundred and seventy eight has been suspended, leaving the branch with forty two million, and that translates to 6.6% reduction. So in total, the branch had a budget of just one over just one billion, and the suspended funds are 72 million 838, and that leaves the branch with nine nine hundred and thirty-eight million eight hundred and fourteen, and that translates to seven point two percent reduction. The next branch is Inspection Enforcement Services, which is Program 2. For compensation of employees, the Inspection Enforcement Services had a budget of 565,562,000. They experienced 40,722,000 suspension downward and now left with 524,842,000 translating to 7.2%. For goods and services, the branch had 94,266,724 has been suspended from that budget, leaving them with 86,542,000, and that translates to 8.2%. Transfers and subsidies, subsidies, that budget was not touched, Payments for capital assets, also that budget was not touched, which means that the branch had a total budget of 676,893,48,444 has since been suspended, leaving the branch with 6,628,449, and that translates to 7.2% reduction. Program three, public employment services. For the compensation of employees, they had 350 million. And 40 million of that has been suspended and leaving the branch with 310 million. And that translates to 11.4%. For goods and services, they had 36 million. 7,181,000 has been suspended, leaving them with 28,868,000. That translates to 19.9%. Transfers and subsidies was left untouched. Payments for capital assets, they had a budget of 6,653. Half of that was um, suspended, leaving them with uh, 3,326,000. Translates to 50% reduction. And that, in total, the branch had 643 million four hundred and sixty seven fifty million of that has been suspended leaving the branch with five hundred and ninety two million nine hundred and fifty nine translating to seven point eight percent reduction program four slide nine for the compensation of employees the branch had hundred hundred and seventeen million four hundred and ninety eight thousand ten million of that um, has been suspended, leaving the branch with, with 
thousand, translating to nine point three percent reduction. Under goods and services, they had forty eight million four hundred and ninety two. 15,663,000 has since been suspended, leaving the branch with 32,829,000, translating to 32.3% reduction. Transfers and subsidies, the branch had 1,139,620,000. 63,511 of that has been suspended, leaving the branch with just over 1 billion translating to 5.6% reduction. Payments for capital assets, the branch had 127,000. 37,000 of that has been suspended, leaving the branch with 90,000. That translates to 29.1% reduction. All in all, Chairperson, this program had just over 1.3 billion. 90 million of that has been suspended, leaving the branch with 1 billion. 215,607,000. That translates to 6.9% reduction. The, this branch, which is Labor Policy and Industrial Relations, is also responsible for funding the Commission for Conciliation, Mediation and Arbitration, the CCMA, and also NetLEC. You would have Notice, Chairperson, that when we, as when we were indicating the the the, the adjustment to the this branch budget, we indicated that um, for for transfers and subsidies, the branch had at five point six percent reduction. So those those reductions are reductions. Uh, they refer to the transfers that we do um, to the CCMA and to the and to NetLEC. So in total, um, the, the branch had to the branch had to transfer a total amount of just one billion to the two entities. So 60 billion, 60 million of that has been suspended, leaving the, the branch with uh, one, one billion and 27,649,000, that translates to 5.6%. Now, if we look at how each entity is affected now, the CCMA had um, an allocation of 1,025,990,000, was suspended from their budget, leaving them with nine, 970,535,000, which translates to 5.4%. And again, Chair, I would like you to note that um, of all the, um, the, the, the reductions, the percentages in terms of reductions that I've spoken about, um, this is the only entity that is um, that has been um, that its reduction is less than the the rest of the the other branches. Uh, it's fifth, it's five point four percent. If you compare it with others, you would have picked up that uh, across um, the the spectrum of the branches, the reduction is seven point two percent. National Economic Development and Labour Council they had an allocation of sixty two million. 
114,000. Uh, 5 million of that has been suspended, leaving them with 7 million. 114, that translates to 8% eight, 8% reduction. All in all, 5.6% um, has been um, re- reduced, or has 5, 5.6% of the uh, the two entities' budget um, has been reduced, and that translates to um, one billion and one billion twenty-seven million six hundred and forty-nine thousand. If we take the 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 budget suspension down to provinces, uh, slide. What is a slide? Um, I think it's slide ten. So if we take it down to to provinces, uh, Chairperson, we allocated initially one point two billion, just over one point two billion to to provinces. Of that, um, one hundred and four million nine hundred six hundred ninety six has been suspended, leaving them with one point billion 122 million so <clears throat> that's how provinces are affected we disaggregated that um, into the different provinces for instance the eastern cape they had 146 billion 14 million has been suspended from their budget leaving them with 132 um, million translating to 13.4 percent Again, um, Gauteng as well, 246. Um, KwaZulu, Natal, you'll see consistently, Chairperson, that the biggest uh, provinces in terms of the number of officials that we have uh, bore the brand of uh, the biggest cuts or the biggest suspension, to use the correct uh, terminology. The next slide. Again, in terms of the admin budget, um, we and how it's disaggregated into the the nine provinces. Um, initially, we allocated two hundred and thirty-six million seven hundred eighty-three thousand to the provinces. Thirteen million of that, thirteen million five hundred and sixty-five, has been suspended, leaving the provinces with a combined um, budget of. 223 million, 218,000. Again, it's uh, broken down into the different uh, provinces in terms of how each province is affected. You see Eastern Cape again, 34 million, 395 for administration or under administration, Um, 2 million, 192 has been suspended from their budget, leaving them with 32 million uh, 203 and that translates to 16.2 percent and again um Gauteng, uh, follows and then kwazulu natal with the biggest chunk in terms of cuts um and uh, western cape and then northwest <clears throat> in terms of the, the how provinces are affected by the cut to the ies budget initially um, we allocated 622 million 147 to the provinces, 
42,484,000 has been suspended, leaving the provinces with a combined budget of 579,663. And again... Uh, sorry, um, sorry, Gigi. Sorry. I don't know where... Uh, uh, Honorable Bosov, uh, she says that uh, they're not seeing the correct uh, slide. What number is the, the slides on provinces? It only appeared later. It's now the correct one, but it appeared late. Oh, okay. So there's a delay, chair. There's a delay. Yes, there is a delay. It's the network, but it's now showing northwest and all provinces based on what the presentation is. Oh, okay. So it's fine now. But I think there's someone who's uh, open a, a TV in the background. We can hear. Okay, you can continue then, DJ. Thanks. Thank you, Chairperson. If we look at the public employment services budget, um, as it relates to provinces, we allocated 327,369,000 to provinces. 45,892,000 has been suspended from their budget, leaving provinces with a combined budget of 281,477,000. And again, um, the biggest provinces in terms of numbers um, have, um, have experienced the biggest cuts or the biggest uh, reduction <clears throat> or suspension. The next slide is on labor market policy and industrial relation. The provinces were allocated 40,407,000. 2,755,000 of that has been suspended, leaving provinces with a combined budget of 37,652,000. Now, if we look at how each program chairperson is affected by the um, by these budget suspensions. The program one, program one's outcome for will will change only with the addition of one output focusing on outreach initiative to change behavior in relation to gender-based violence. So the 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 branch did not revise its. Uh, APP downwards. Instead, the branch added an internally focused policy, um, which will be the amendment of the our policy on sexual harassment to now include gender-based uh, violence, and that will be done by the 31st of March 2021. For Program 2, which is Inspection and Enforcement Services, the APP... Uh, sorry. Sorry, DG, again, I think the person who's uh, running the slides is a bit slow. Uh, we're still uh, seeing uh, the budget information on LP and uh, IR. And now you are on program a, two. Is it a network? It's a, net, it's a network, Chairperson. Oh, okay. Yeah. The proposed APP, for APP 2020-2021 for program two, has been revised and 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 it takes into account or into consideration aspects such as the time that has been lost from April, from 1 April to 31st May 2020 with only 
OHS inspectors that were working during level four and five lockdown. We, the Employment Equity Commission also wrote a letter to all the designated employers um, advising them to revise their employment equity plans and that will have an adverse effect on the employment equity targets for the branch. The, the EA inspectors will have to wait for that process to unfold, which has been set for the 31st of July 2020. The reason that is going to affect them, Chairperson, is that the those inspectors who are responsible for doing what we call employment equity at DG reviews, they rely heavily on the employment equity plans of the companies when they review the employment equity um, reports uh, of the designated companies. Slide 20, there are quite a sizable number of workplaces that have been closed and will be closed or partially operating during the lockdown period. So this will require revision of the program's inspection targets and also limited operation of courts due to COVID-19. And these factors have necessitated the program to refocus its priorities in terms of the 2020-2021 annual performance plan and associated budget. As a result of the above, the program is proposing the following reductions in its targets for 2020-2021 in two indicators. Firstly, the number of employers inspected per year to, to determine the compliance with employment law decreases from 220,692 to 188,323. The percentage of non-compliant employers received by statutory services referred for prosecution within 30 calendar days decreases from 65% to 50%. So that is the breakdown. The next slide, Chair, which is slide 22, gives you the breakdown in terms of how each province um, <clears throat> have been allocated the, the, the targets now <clears throat> and, and how the, the reduction has been disaggregated into, uh, into the different provinces. So the next slide, slide 23, is on the target breakdown per, per quarter. <clears throat> so the, 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 what you see marked in red um, are the, the revised figures. And you can see that those figures, they, they add up to 188,323. And they, were, they have now been broken down into the, the different different quarters because we <clears throat> will report on a quarterly basis. Now, just before I get to program four, program three, um, the, the biggest reason why the branch has to amend its APP and revise the targets downwards has actually less to do with the, 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 the suspension of funds, but more to do with the, with the time that um, we have lost uh, due, to, uh, due to the lockdown. If anything, um, the reduction, the, the, if anything, um, the branch will only feel the, the reduction in the next financial year. 
provided that the suspended funds are not brought back into the budget. Next, next slide on for program three. The review of the Public Employment Services APP considered the following. The number of new employment opportunities in a depressed economy are likely to remain very low. A large number of businesses were closed permanently and many continue to retrench workers. The economy is characterized by low economic growth. Reserve banks sees the economy contracting by 7% this year. And figures from States SA show that the economy shrank by 2% in quarter one of 2020 prior to the impact of COVID-19. The program proposes the following changes to three of the APP um, 2020-2021 indicators. The number of work and learning opportunities registered will decrease from 95,000 to 50,000. The number of registered work and learning opportunities filled by registered work seekers per year will decrease from 47,500 to 15,000. The number of partnerships agreements concluded with various stakeholders decreases from 30 to 15 percent. And the rationale there, Chair, is that um, with the the with the with the number of companies already indicating that uh, they will be retrenching, and then how the economy is performing, um, it doesn't. Uh, we felt it 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 is not going to be objective to say we will um, will register um, a number ninety five thousand uh, learning opportunities when we think that very few companies will actually offer um, those opportunities. So this is how the the revised targets have been disaggregated. Um, so for Eastern Cape, uh, or maybe let me put it this way, um, those the, the numbers that are marked in, in red, they reflect the the revision uh, downwards and they add up to 50 and we then um, disaggregate them into diff into different quarters and that's why you see the reds across the the different quarters with obviously quarter one having not been touched because already we have um, we we have worked uh, for quarter one next slide Slide 27. Again, you see the number of registered employment employment opportunities filled by registered work seekers per year revised downwards, um, adding up to 15,000. Uh, 15, and originally we, we had that number as 47,500. And we then uh, disaggregated those figures down, uh, disaggregated them into uh, different provinces. For program four, the following factors had an influence on the amendment of the APP for program four. Delays in publication of reports due to the closure of uh, government printers as a result of COVID-19 lockdown, and the lockdown delayed the finalization of both qualitative and quantitative research. And again, you can see, Chair, that uh, it's got a it's got nothing to do with the budget cut, but the, the effect of the lockdown itself uh, necessitated these kinds of revision at, at downwards.
So the following amendments are proposed. The 2019-2020 Annual Employment Equity Report and Public Register to be published by 30 September 2020 and not 30th June 2020. The National Minimum Wage Investigation Report published by 30 September 2020 and not 30 June 2020. Chairperson and the Honourable Members would uh, remember that the National Minimum Wage Commission was uh, given a task of um, uh, investigating um, the, the the national minimum wage and propose whether there must be a a revision upwards or a revision downwards, taking into into account a number of factors such as how the economy is performing, uh, the <clears throat> the interest rates, um, and the level of poverty in the in the country. So that report is expected now. Uh, to be published by 30th of September 2020 and not 30 June 2020. We also have our supported enter- supported employment enterprise uh, factories. The SCE factories remained closed during the lockdown period since 23 March 2020 and only reopened operations to deliver finished products and urgent orders with limited staff. The SCE struggled during quarter one to secure business from provincial government since the decentralization of procurement, especially from Department of Basic Education and National Department of Health. The projected sales decreased by 22% in comparison to quarter one of the previous financial year. And this will and this will affect employment of additional people and expansion plans that we had to Pumalanga. Honorable members will remember that uh, we reported to the committee that we have um, the only province that doesn't have a, a factory is Mpumalanga. Initially, we had two. It was Limpopo and Pumalanga. We have since uh, opened an off, um, a factory there. So we're now left with uh, uh, expanding to, to Mpumalanga. Production has resulted at one third of the human resource as per COVID 19 directive, and there are regular stoppages as and when positive cases are confirmed. SEE was unable to reach quarter one targets for 25 additional people with disabilities employed at SEEs. This target was also not achieved during 2019-2020 due to financial constraints. SEE also realized operating losses in 2018-2019 and 2019-2020 of 18.3 million and and 2.8 million respectively. And that was reported in in our annual report. This is due to some factories paying salaries and overheads with little or no work and sales of no work and sales at losses or non-payment by some some departments. The SEE APP indicators have been revised as follows: uh, slide 31. Hundred additional persons with disabilities employed by the end of March 2021 has been revised to 25. 15% annual increase in sales revenue by end of March 2021 has been revised to 5%. Five MOUs entered into with key customers by the end of March 2021 has been revised to just three. The achievement of the SEAPP for 2020-2021 will depend on the following. Securing of additional funding from NT to sustain the establishment, 
securing a special dispensation from National Treasury in relation to the following procurement of raw material sales to government departments, Department of Employment and Labor, and its entities to procure from SEE. Slide 33 budget. If we look at transversal factors, the budget cuts will impact on the availability of airtime data and the procurement of devices for official for officials working from home. We had to shift our our travel and subsistence budget to data for the new normal now um, of um, holding our meeting meetings a on using a virtual platform. And of course, we had to make sure that we buy personal protective equipment for for our staff. And every time the offices are locked, are closed because of an infection, we have to make sure that they are, uh, they are cleaned properly. Um, and and during, the, during that time, workers work from home. The cut of 96 million in compensation of employees will result in 214 vacant posts that the department will not be able to fill. These posts will impact predominantly on service delivery in IS and PES. And again, I want to stress the point that for this financial year, that cut will not have an impact on the work of these two branches, inspection and enforcement services. It will only have an impact if it's not brought back, uh, the funds are not brought back in the new financial year, which is 2020, 2021, 2022. Slide 34. The, 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 the budget cuts will impact on the, sorry, I've done that, on UIF, on COVID-19 interventions, Chair. Um, UIF establishment of COVID test benefits, they developed online applications. Continuation payments were delinked from physical continuation forms. The UIF increased its capacity at all call centers. The next slide, the compensation fund. All services have been made available online. A dedicated team has been established to manage and prioritize claims reported with regards to COVID-19. The return of earnings season was extended to 30 June 2020. Again, on SCE working on a rotational basis, including shifts. For the department, uh, service delivery, we opened labor centers with frontline staff, career counseling information available online via emails and video streaming from quarter two, career interest tests available online, Inspectors are doing administrative inspections and are working or living from home. And these inspectors are those that are responsible for basic conditions of employment, national minimum wage. The emphasis on OHS inspections, um, 4,548 inspections have been conducted with 2,322 um, companies complying. Establishment of an integrated contact center, um, we're busy uh, doing that. The appointment of two marshals for social, for social distancing, we had to do that uh, prior to the opening of the labor centers to make sure that uh, we get uh, people to assist us 
to enforce uh, social distancing. So this slide, Chairperson and Honorable Members, is a breakdown of how each province um, has been affected uh, by the by COVID-19 in, term, in terms of the, the benefit. So you see that breakdown. Um, we have in total 492 employers that applied on behalf of the employees as per our um, COVID-19 test benefit directive. Of that, 5.9 million employees benefited to uh, benefited from the 27 billion um, that the unemployment insurance fund paid, and that figure has been uh, broken down in terms of the the, the different provinces. Ordinary benefits, we, during the lockdown, continued to pay ordinary benefits. We had um, we processed 758,169 claims and we paid just over 3 billion. Um, and again, broken down in terms of the different provinces. The next slide is about compensation fund. Um, in total, the fund received 852 claims. 596 of these claims are from the Western Cape, followed by Eastern Cape and KZN Gauteng. The fund accepted liability um, 482 cases and uh, repudiated 86. The 284 cases are pending. And if we look at the gender, Jefferson, um, 709 of the, the applications that were received are female and only 143 are, uh, are males. That's the extent to which uh, um, women are affected by uh, COVID-19, uh, reading it through the claims that we received um, um, at the compensation fund. The next slide, Chair, is the impact of the COVID-19 on service delivery. The Deputy Minister touched on this briefly. As a department, we have 64 active positive cases. We had to quarantine 214 officials. And that has a direct impact on service delivery resulting in a number of offices having to be closed because of um, infections. And that is why it was, it, 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 that, that is why we had to critically look at our APP and ask ourselves whether in, this, in these conditions are we going to be able to um, 
deliver the services that we were, we've promised to deliver as per this, our strategy plan and the APP. And hence, Chairperson and Honourable Members, you see the revisions that you 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 see. Um, again, I would like to repeat the point I made earlier on that the revisions are not um, are less about the 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 reduction in terms of um, funds, but they are more about the impact of COVID on the, the targets that we've set for ourselves as a department. Thank you, Chairperson and Honourable Members. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, uh, TG, uh, for the presentation. Um, Honourable Members, uh, it's time now. It's uh, the time is uh, four o'clock. Uh, the deputy minister and the DG took uh, about an hour uh, that they shared together. Uh, but also we had uh, the opening as well as uh, other internal items. So we we're doing well on time. Um, so we will be now asking questions. Uh, the minister, deputy minister, and DG have reported uh, on the status uh, since the last time uh, the APPs and strategic plans were were tabled uh, before the committee. Honourable uh, DM, yes, yes. Um, sorry, Honourable um, Chair. I I'm sorry to interject you. Um, I think we have omitted to uh, record the apology of the minister. Uh, we did. That, uh, Oh, we did. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the committee secretary did uh, uh, indicate yes. that the minister is. Okay. Well, right. Thank you no, so thanks. much, because thanks. I thought that I had not mentioned it. Thank you. Oh, okay. Oh, thanks. Thank you so thanks. much. Thanks. All right. Um, I was saying that the DM and the, and the DG have uh, highlighted to us uh, that uh, originally the budget that uh, we voted for uh, I think uh, in, with regard to the NCOP, if I'm not mistaken, was the early uh, or towards the end of la last month, which was which was about uh, three billion six hundred and thirty-seven uh, million seven hundred and forty-nine thousand. That was the amount that we we voted for last time, and now that uh, amount has been uh, now reduced uh, to three billion three hundred and seventy-five. A million eight hundred and twenty-nine thousand, uh, which uh, translated to seven point two uh, percent, as the honourable uh, DM was uh, indicating. In terms of uh, rents and cents, that is uh, two hundred and sixty-one million nine hundred and twenty-four million. <clears throat> that has had uh, uh, an effect then uh, on the budget of the branches of uh, the department. Uh, on the programs of the department, uh, including the, the provinces, uh, uh, on the annual uh, performance plans. Uh, but the, the DG also keep on uh, 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 emphasizing uh, that uh, some of the changes uh, in the APP are not necessary as a result of the suspension of uh, uh, the budget of funds, but also have, have to do also with the, with the lockdown. Uh, as well, so there there would be that, those those changes, but also there are also updates uh, on uh, transversal issues, 
such as uh, and also the the service deliveries uh, by the Department of uh, Employment and Labor uh, around the issues of claims, uh, uh, the tests, uh, the compensation fund, uh, as well as the the ordinary uh, uh, benefits uh, around the UIF. So those are the areas that uh, the minister, the deputy minister, and DG uh, touch on. Uh, can we start then uh, uh, with a question? Because we don't have uh, uh, the raise your hand uh, function, uh, uh, I will uh, call everyone. And then if uh, you don't have a question, you can just uh, indicate as such. Can I start with the uh, Honorable uh, Bosho? Thank you very much, Chair, and good afternoon to the DM. Um, one of the best programs that I have seen and had the opportunity to visit is the SEEs. I would just like to know from the DG, how long do you think these SEEs will remain operable in light of the huge losses, which wasn't their own fault? Um, I would really not like to see this go to waste because we are assisting those that are vulnerable, the um, disabled people. And I would like to know if there are any measures in place to get extra funding, because at this point in time, we know that National Treasury, as was stated in the um, presentation, will be approached. There is just no extra money anywhere. So if the DG can explain to us as the committee where they intend getting the finances from to support this entity. Um, then I'd like to know as well, the OHS inspections that took place, those that were not compliant, what will be done with them? Um, will the inspectors go back to see, has a, a notice been left that they are not compliant? And um, what steps are going to be taken to ensure that they are compliant? Um, I see that Q marshals have been um, appointed. Thank you for that. I'd like to know if every single labor center does have them um, so that we can go and do oversight in this regard as well. And then I'd like to know what the expenditure is to have these marshals appointed and from what budget will the um, expenditure come. And then, um, Chair, we keep seeing the figures of the TERS, UIF TERS um, funds that have been paid out. Can we be given a um, list of applications that were made and that have not been attended to as from April up until the end of June? It would be good to be able to compare that that has been paid out and that that has not been paid out. Um, and then with reference to the travel and accommodation that we're saving on, could we be given an idea of what the save is, how much has been saved so far, and what the expenditure is with regard to using the um, virtual platform in comparison with travel and accommodation? Um, yes, thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Honorable Boshoff. Uh, Honorable Dango? 
Comrade Chair, thank you very much. I think we need to focus on the future. Uh, the past is important, but the future is as important. When we use words such as suspended instead of reduced or adjustment budget, does that mean that we're hoping to get that money back sometime or the other? How does that wording impact upon the zero budgeting uh, process that we may go, go through, I think probably go through, and the implications thereof? Uh, what is in relation to accrual accounting uh, that we've got at the moment? Um, and then, Chairperson, one of the things that the President has spoken very strongly about is the building of social compacts. Now, if we do the reducing the funding to NEDLAC, they are going to be part of the uh, unit that's actually going to produce and actually facilitate social compacts. Will that, uh, Chairperson, let me leave it at that. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, DJ, if you can note uh, this one uh, from uh, Honorable uh, Matibula, whether the budget cut uh, won't affect uh, service delivery in the CMA office. Um, that, that's a question from uh, uh, Honorable uh, uh, Matibula. Um, Honorable Tim. Hi, Chair. Sorry. Um, Chair, I'm covered by Honourable Bosov. Um, I'm okay. Thanks. Honourable Lansman. Do we have Honourable Lansman? Okay. Honourable Moimang. Chair, the, let me start by uh, expressing my appreciation on the presentation as led by the uh, the Deputy Minister and the team. Indeed, uh, the, the presentation uh, allay our fears in terms of how it has been uh, broken down across all, all four, four programs. Uh, there is a, a clarity in terms of uh, uh, what are the main contributing factors uh, that uh, informed the, the uh, suspension. And uh, uh, key to that is the, is the proposition that uh, uh, the changes in the APPs uh, indicators uh, is mainly uh, informed by by the time lost between the 1st of April and the 30th of April, uh, which was a level five lockdown. Uh, as a result, the, uh, we had to to readjust our indicators because we lost those uh, 30 days. Program one, I think I must appreciate the, the introduction of uh, the, uh, the the new indicator there, uh, uh, which uh, uh, is uh, mainly informed by the forecast 
uh, on the outreach uh, initiative to change the behavior in relation to gender-based violence. I think that must be appreciated. Uh, that must be appreciated, uh, Chair. Uh, and uh, with this introduction, uh, uh, one would have anticipated the, the revision upwards uh, so that there is much more uh, uh, budgetary a consideration accompanying this new introduction. But of course, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the worrying factor is, the, is uh, the slide that speaks to the compensation fund, particularly the fact that, again, we find uh, our women again on the receiving end. Because out of the 709 applications received, a majority of them, a majority of them indeed are, uh, are, are women, uh, and only 143 of those are, are male. This is a worrying factor. And uh, the, therefore, one would uh, propose that uh, maybe. Uh, there has to be much more uh, focused uh, in terms of the ensuring that uh, uh, we have a, a gender sensitive uh, uh, compensation machinery so that it's able to to, to absorb uh, uh, the, the, the the reality that is beginning to dawn. Uh, but of course, uh, my my. Uh, major concern is on uh, is on program two and program three uh, program three uh, there's, a, there's, there's, there's a, a point of emphasis that was made that, uh, that uh, the the budget reduction will not be will not affect service delivery but the cut of 96 million in the conversation of employees will result in 214 vacant posts not uh, being filled. It's a worrying aspect. Maybe the DG can just elaborate more on this because uh, uh, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the private sector, uh, like as you indicated, that many of the firms are closing, others are partially closing. Uh, it is expected that the public sector employment side has to be a drive in terms of uh, the creation of jobs. Uh, maybe it's an area that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that the, the department must look into uh, because the, the, uh, the expectation is that we'll have to to, 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 to through our developmental aspect role uh, ensure that uh, we are able to create more jobs uh, more so given the fact that uh, uh, with program four uh, the program to that speak to inspection enforcement services there is an expectation that uh, more inspectors will be needed uh, on the ground, uh, of course, one appreciates the breakdown of uh, the impact of this uh, revision 
across all the provinces. Uh, but I think what is critical is to ensure that we have more warm bodies uh, in all our labor centers. And uh, if there is 214 vacant posts that is not going to be filled, it has a potential to, 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 to ground us. Uh, but, 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 but also there is a there is a, a point that was raised around uh, the, 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 the potential and possibilities under UIF, uh, particularly given uh, the slide that speaks to to uh, our our uh, uh, employment enterprises. Uh, you, you indicated that uh, there is uh, an expectation you are lobbying national treasury to to uh, to uh, fund more of these enterprises because obviously if the purpose is to ensure that there is a multiplicity of these enterprises not only in all the provinces but uh, let's say in the 44 districts that were identified uh, as the uh, implementing places for district development model uh, we need to to to, to multiply this uh, and, and enterprises as part and parcel of creation of jobs. So, is there a possibility, a window of opportunity in the UIF, given given its its budgetary opportunities? Because uh, the fact that it can uh, pay 27 billion uh, in a space of two to three months, uh, the fact that in the briefing that we had in the past. Can we ask uh, Bahumi to to switch off uh, the microphone? Uh, sorry, Chair. Bahumi. Thanks, Chair. Yeah. Uh, I was just saying that is there a possibility that uh, uh, given the uh, the opportunities in the UIF with its uh, value of 140 billion that it can be used as a as a platform to to multiply SEE. Uh, across all the 44 districts. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Honorable Moimang. Uh, Honorable Lund? Yaku? Lou? Honorable Lund? Chairperson, I'm covered. Thank you. Thank you very much. Honorable Lansman? Thank you, Chair. It's not possible for me to say something. Always you put me the last. I will never be able to speak. When you know yourself. No, I did uh, call your name. Saying, you can't always do that. I'm no, I, I did call your name, but uh, then there was no response. And I had to move to Honorable uh, uh, Moimang. Otherwise, you were before Honorable Moimang. But I called uh, and then there was no response. And... Um, is the uh, Honorable uh, Apleni in? Uh, yes, she. Oh, any questions? Uh, no, not now. Oh, not now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. I I think we we almost come to the to the end of uh, the question session, unless uh, there are other uh, follow up questions, but. 
I will allow then the the the, the, the director general to to respond, uh, but then uh, later then the DM will also respond, but also uh, make a, a closing remarks. If uh, after the DG has responded, there are no uh, follow up questions. Uh, just a clarity, uh, DG, on the on the issue of uh, the ordinary benefits and uh, the the tests. Uh, benefits. I, our understanding is that there was a 40 billion. Uh, I think we would assume, therefore, that uh, 40 billion was then ring fenced uh, for purposes of tests. Uh, I, I want to check that because you were reporting that also during this period of lockdown, ordinary benefits were also being paid out. The question would be, were these ordinary benefits paid out of the 40 billion that we assume it was a, a ring fenced for tests? Uh, I hope I'm, I'm, I'm clarified. But also, I, I wanted to see Onke is here because I was uh, <laughs> promised that Onke would then send the, the, the alert level three uh, directions. Because I just wanted to remind myself as to whether companies that are allowed uh, to open during uh, alert level three, are they opening in full capacity or a, a particular percentage, uh, say, for example, a 50% uh, capacity? And then if uh, that is a case, and given that uh, the test was for a period of three months and that therefore it ended on the 30th of june we we understand that uh, tests will then continue uh, uh, to pay for those that have not yet been paid uh, that made application uh, within this uh, three months period what then happens uh, to those that are outside the uh, a particular capacity that has been allowed to go back to work if, for example, 50% is allowed to go back to work within the alert level three, and uh, the other 50% is not uh, uh, getting paid anything, uh, what happened then beyond the 30th uh, uh, option? I hope that uh, uh, that question is, uh, is uh, understandable. Uh, it's clearly understood. But the, the other question uh, I just wanted to check particularly with regard to uh, inspection and enforcement program, uh, particularly when the inspection is around uh, uh, UIF. Is there any money that comes from UIF uh, to the IES for the purposes of inspection on, on issues of uh, UIF? Uh, similarly with uh, OHSE, <laughs> I associate OHSE and then with the uh, compensation fund, DG, I may be wrong there, whether there is any money allocated from the compensation fund uh, uh, with regard to the inspection on the occupational health and safety. So for me, those were the areas that I would like uh, uh, clarity on. Uh, over to you, DG. Uh, Thanks.
Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Um, let me start with the last question, as uh, is still fresh in my, in my mind, um, which is your question, Chairperson. Um, the, I think the Commissioner is also here. Um, he'll, he'll take um, some of the questions, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll just respond um, to a few. Um, you correct, Chairperson. We we put aside forty billion for COVID nineteen test benefit. Now <clears throat> that benefit was that amount of money was merely meant for that benefit. So in the meantime, we had to continue to do the normal work of the of the unemployment insurance fund, that of paying the ordinary benefits. Um, your your maternity benefits, your um, uh, your adoption benefits, and all other benefits. So that the, those benefits um, did not come from that forty billion. So we we paid um, you know from the from the budget that we had um, we, for 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 those benefits. Um, I think the commissioner will will respond to this question of uh, the fifty percent and how it affect the 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 how will that impact on the the three months uh, period of a uh, test. I'll I'll respond on this issue of inspection. Um, UIF does contribute to the salaries of the inspectors. So we we have a system in the department where, in fact, let me put it this way, everybody is employed by the department. Even the employees that work for the two funds, they're employed by the department. So they get paid by the department and we then claim the money back from the two funds. So we have a, what we call a percentage split so even these two funds, they pay for my salary. They they contribute towards my salary as well. So there's a percentage that goes because I am the accounting officer of the two funds. So there's a there's a there's a percentage that goes towards the, the the inspectors. But most importantly, we have a group of inspectors that we call payroll auditors that are responsible solely for doing the work of the compensation fund and and, and and UIF. So those inspectors are paid um, fully by the by the by the by the two funds. Even though we pay them, um, their salaries are paid fully by by them. You correct when it comes to OHS chairperson. There's a direct link between OHS and compensation fund. To an extent that. Um, you remember we reported to the committee at some point that we'll be adding 500 OHS inspectors. All those posts were funded by the compensation fund. So those ins those, those OHS inspectors uh, posts are not going to be affected by the by the suspension. So they're outside of that because they follow. We have a different arrangement with the with the compensation fund. As you know, the two funds. Um, they they don't get anything from fiscus. <clears throat> so so 
so our arrangement with them is not affected by um, by by fiscus. Um, the, there's a question raised by Honorable Moiman. Um, I, I think this, the commissioner is also here of the compensation fund. He'll, he'll, he'll respond to that question. Um, I just want to talk about talk to the issue of 214 vacant uh, vacancies. Um, <clears throat> we're saying that the 96 million that has been suspended which is meant for the compensation of employees <clears throat> will affect 214 uh, will affect 214 vacant posts so what it means is that uh, these posts are not going to be filled now but there's nothing that stops the department from filling other vacancies so we have um, targeted that we will fill uh, what we call critical post um, 315 a critical post that those posts are outside of that 214. So the other point that I would like to raise, Chair, is that um, the reason why I'm saying this is not going to affect us is that anyway, when you appoint a new inspector, it takes about six months for that inspector to be a fully fledged inspector because when you appoint somebody, you appoint somebody with the qualifications. You must train that person um, to be an inspector. So that's why it takes that long um, for the person to be uh, to be a, a fully fledged inspector. So they would not have contributed to the production uh, or to the productivity of the of the branch during this period. So that's why we're saying it's not going to affect um, service delivery. The sustainability of SCE. This question was also asked by Honorable Boshoff. In the presentation, Chairperson, you would have noted that we we said the the performance of SEE is dependent on a number of things. One of those things is um, national treasury not giving us money per se, but granting um, these funds a preferential procurement status because this this is a government entity and and uh, it employs uh, disabled people um, and therefore when government departments um, want to procure furniture we think that it stands to reason that um, government should go to a government um, entity that it funds um, to get the, the the to get furniture or hospital linen, so that's all what the, these funds would require. For I mean, this and this this these factories would require for them to be sustainable. And remember, this uh, you can apply the the same principle that you apply to a normal factory because this the the bulk of the employee, in fact, the ninety nine percent of the employees of this fund. Who are involved in the manufacturing side of it are disabled, and there are days when they don't feel like working um, because of what they are going through. So, <clears throat> all what we require, all what we're trying to do, is for them to break even, not to sell at a loss. So that's what we've been trying over the years. So, giving these factors an opportunity 
to uh, to provide work to, to government will sustain them and and in fact it will go a long way a long way in um, in 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 advancing the the argument or the point that government uh, often advances that about um, caring for the those who are vulnerable. So <clears throat> we 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 were in discussion with uh, with uh, with the national treasury. We're talking to other government departments up as well about the how this entity uh, how this entity should how this entity should be treated. The, 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 in the presentation, we also made this point that says uh, even the department itself and its entities must procure from uh, from these factories. So <clears throat> we're not uh, leaving us out of the um, you know out of this obligation as a as a department. And there's a question that says. Um, whether the budget will affect the CCMA and how it will affect service delivery. The CCMA's budget has been revised down by 5.6%. We, 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 we think that it will affect service delivery in a sense that given the large um, retrenchments that, that are inevitable and already companies have started filing um, Section 189 applications, and and given the state at which our state of the economy, um, the CCMA services are going to be required. Now, what we often do as a department, when when one of any of these of our entities um, are in financial distress, we 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 go to National Treasury. We say to them, we we have some savings that we're projecting in certain area will require you to allow us to transfer these funds into this entity to, to assist this entity. Um, so that's the approach that we're going to take to make sure that CCMA at the end of the day does what it's supposed to do. And of course, we, we, we're relying on the, on the fact that this is not a reduction in the true sense of the word. It's a suspension of... Um, that that amount of money that you were going to use, and our understanding is that this money will be brought back um, to to the budget. I don't know how it's going to affect the the zero based budgeting for now, but that's the understanding that we were given that um, these funds are just merely suspended for this period, given the fact that um, they may not have been used, um, given the what we're experiencing in terms of. COVID-19. Um, yes, this this may. I've spoken to the to the to the executive director of Netlink about whether that uh, five million that has been taken from them will have any impact on social uh, dialogue. She assured me that they that won't have any impact because of the fact that they had to suspend a number of the uh, of their programs uh, because of. Um, you know, COVID-19, people do not have to travel to NetLag. Um, we're now using a different um, a platform to, um, you know, to, 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 to have meetings. So that $5 million is not going to have an impact on, on the work that they, that they are doing.
I, I don't have figures. I think the, the CFO is, is also around on the, the actual amount. We can make this information available to the committee. The actual amount uh, that we've saved on travel and subsistence and the cost of the virtual platform, um, we, will, we can make that information available to, uh, to, to, the, to, the, to the committee. There's a question from Honorable Boshoff about tariffs the list of applications made and those that have not been paid out. The, the commissioner has got the exact figures, but I want to make this point. The number that we know that has not been paid this far, it's uh, close to a million, which is 900 and, and something, 963,000. Now, <clears throat> our view is that and we've been, we've explained this thing from the beginning that we only pay what we refer to as a competent application. Now we've paid everybody that we needed to pay, and 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 everyone that has submitted a competent application. The people that we are not paying now, that close to a million, are people that we could not find on our system. And and what it, what that means is that they were they were never declared to uh, to UIF as employees of those companies, and that is why we we and the minister has been on record as having been um, you know urging these companies to um, to verify the information and confirm you know if indeed those are their employees and and submit proof that they this 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 and these these people work for them so that we can pay them. But the, the commissioner has got a list of uh, we can provide the list of uh, applications that we received from received when we started, and uh, and those that we have not paid um, thus far. Um, on the issue of Q marshals, we have. Um, we have we, we've instructed the, our provi the provinces to make sure that in those areas where we're likely to experience a long queues, we must have two marshals. And those marshals um, are paid for by the unemployment insurance fund, because mainly 90 percent of the people that visit our offices, they do so to um, uh, to apply for unemployment insurance benefits. On the OHS inspection, how the non-compliance has been dealt with, um, we have issued a number of notices to a number of um, companies and public uh, uh, of, and, 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 and the public sector departments. Now, fortunately, during this period, we even in instances where we had to issue a prohibition notice closing a company, Companies came back to us and said we've addressed all this, those issues because notices were issued in terms of the the the, the, the directive that were issued relating to um, making sure that the, the the health and safety of workers uh, or the we're, the companies reduce the exposure of workers to uh, to COVID nineteen infections. So companies will come back and say we have corrected the, and we then inspectors would then revoke. The um, the notice. So that's how we've we've been uh, working with companies. 
and, and government departments will issue a notice. Those that were not happy, they would apply to the chief inspector, um, indicating that they're not happy, that they disagree with the decision of the inspector, and the chief inspector will then make a ruling based on the facts presented uh, to, uh, to him. How long will uh, um, these this factories remain operable given the losses? We, we, we hope that they will remain um, operable for a long time, and that's why we, talk, we, we are talking about their the sustainability. We're talking about increasing um, sales um, so that they don't sell goods at a, at a loss. And that's why we're saying we need to get support from uh, from other government departments where they can procure from from these uh, from these entities. And whenever we have an opportunity, we um, we invite honourable members to visit these factories so that they themselves can buy from these factories uh, instead of, of buying from uh, uh, these expensive these companies that that uh, charge exorbitant amount of money. Um, you can support these uh, these entities. They their products or their produce is very very good. <clears throat> I'm not sure, Chairperson, if I've left out uh, any question. Um, or there's one that says, is there a possibility of UIF to fund the SCE expansion? Um, <clears throat> I don't think that possibility exists. Um, the expansion of the um, of these funds, I mean, of the of the end of these factories to to the other areas depend on the amount of money they make, and that's why we we, we want them to increase their sales um, so that they can open. Um, but funding in terms of um, um, you know starting a new a new factory using UIF money, um, I don't think that. At this stage, that's feasible given the fact that UIF is under a lot of uh, pressure. Um, if you look at the what we pro, what people are projecting in terms of the um, the unemployment rate and retrenchments, the the unemployment insurance fund is going to be under tremendous uh, pressure, uh, Chairperson. I think I'll, I'll, if Chairperson allows, I'll give the two commissioners to just uh, have a word or two. Thanks, Chairman. Okay. okay, just just before that, uh, uh, DJ, there are just two questions uh, on the meeting chat. Uh, let me give the opportunity to Honourable Boss. Of course, uh, I don't know my uh, my laptop is not uh, scrolling down. Uh, if she can uh, uh, say what uh, she has written on the chat, uh, Honourable Boss. Thank you very much, Chair. I just asked. The um, DG said that we will be able to get a list of those that those applications that have been received and not been paid out yet. When by when can we expect the list, and can it be done by province, please? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the other one uh, is from uh, Honourable uh, Matebula. Uh, on the increased capacity in all call centers, uh, the volume of calls uh, received per day. I, I don't know if uh, that uh, information will be readily available. The volume of calls per day in the call centers. Okay. I think those are the two. Uh, before we we ask the uh, commissioners uh, also to respond. Okay. 
Thank you, Chair. Um, we can make this information available with regards to the, the volume of calls per day. Um, we, sh we have that information. Uh, the Commissioner UIF uh, will make it available uh, together with that list. Um, we can submit this list tomorrow, Chairperson. Um, of course, we'll break it down in, in terms of uh, provinces as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Commissioner, are they both here, uh, DJ? Uh, Chairperson, I'm here. I'll, I'll oh, start. okay. Yes. Okay, and if that's uh, Mr. Morapu. Uh, pardon me, Chair. My voice tends to go. I have a bit of a. I'm recovering from flu, Chair. Uh, let me start quickly just adding on the Q marshals, Chair. One of the um, key projects that the department is running is labor activation. Uh, labor activation, uh, part of the key outputs of that program is for the learners to have um, workplace exposure where they get an experience of what they're doing. And we, we, we have used this, this opportunity of the Q marshals to bring them into our labor centers for them to learn customer experience, how to handle inquiries, and how to handle queries. So they are able to walk through the queues and talk to the, to the, to the applicants to ascertain what they are looking for. In that way, they get to learn and, and get exposed to, to a workplace environment. And it, it also, in more ways than one, helps the department to save on cost because we're already paying their stipend during their training program. And therefore, it, it is part of their program that we are, we are paying their stipend during this period, which is part of the full program for the whatever duration, be, be 12 months or 18 months. So during this period, they get an opportunity to, to have a workplace exposure. <clears throat> uh, in, in terms of the the 50% share that you raised around uh, what happens to the people that don't go back to work after the lockdown, the, the, this level of lockdown is done. Chairperson uh, uh, and members, our commitment as a department is the 40 billion rands for three months. And the three months ends at the end of June, uh, but we are still spending as we are receiving applications for these uh, few months we are, we are paying. Well, what is happening right now with the social partners? We are in engagement because the, the, together with the social partners at, at NetLeg, we are aware of this possibility. That is, there's industries that may not come back. Uh, there's people with co, I always struggle with this word, comorbidity that may not be able to come back. So we are, uh, as UIF, we are doing an actual analysis to see the number of people with comorbidity comorbidities and other related illnesses if it will be if it is something that can be afforded i think the dg did mention that uh, uif is under pressure financially because we are going to spend the 40 billion rands now but as people lose jobs as a result of the pandemic there's going to be more pressure already on uif uh, i think i said in one committee that um, just for this period alone of the of the pandemic of the three months since April, UIF has paid um, over just over 3.5 billion rands on normal benefits for over 500,000 people. And normally per annum, we spend about between 10 and 12 million. 
And if we have already spent now 3.5 billion rands just for this period, it already signals the amount of pressure that we may um, face as, as the economy opens and some companies and some industries are not able to come back. <clears throat> so we are, discuss- we are in discussion, therefore, chairperson and members, with, with the uh, relevant departments, whether it's small business, tourism, where there's going to be more impact. There's also a view that we need to engage treasury, even though all of us are aware that there's no money in the country. It's going to be difficult to squeeze any money from national treasury, as the department today is presenting that money has been squeezed out of the department as we speak now. So the likelihood of us getting money from treasury is very slim, but the social partners were saying it's a, it's, that's one area that we're exploring. Uh, yes, I think, uh, Chair, those are the areas that I picked up. Uh, the other part, the DG did mention that we'll provide uh, data uh, by close of business tomorrow on the call center and the applications that we've received to date. Thanks, Chair. Uh, Chairperson, you're on mute. Sorry. Oh, compensation fund. Are there any questions you want to respond to, uh, Mr. Mafat? Thank you, Chair. Yeah, I think it's just only one that I would respond to the issues around the, the question on the number of uh, females versus males uh, with regard to the statistics that the DG presented on COVID-19 claims. We, we have seen that early on in the claims process, a lot of the claims we were getting were from the healthcare sector. And when we look at the numbers in terms of the staff complements in the health sector, we tend to have more females than, uh, than males in, the, in, the, in, 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 in employment. So that's one of the reasons why the states are showing as such. I, I think as more industries come in also and start claiming benefits, we're going to see this number evening out because on an average basis, we usually have slightly more claims from males than from females when we look at the ordinary uh, comp benefits. And that is the de- a reflection of the numbers that you may see in the labor market. So I think by the next time we present to the committee, we may see it a completely different uh, picture in terms of the of numbers. Thank you. Yeah. I was also a bit surprised because the the stats from the Department of Health uh, indicate that uh, men are the most affected uh, by COVID-19. So I'm happy that you're clarifying that aspect. Uh, uh, Before I go uh, to Deputy Minister, can I just check if if there are any follow-up questions that uh, uh, the team must respond to? One, two, three. Okay, there are nine. Um, uh, DM, can I uh, ask you if uh, there are areas that you wanted uh, to touch on and also uh, make uh, closing remarks? Thank you very much. Uh, uh, I mean, capacitated, you know, when you are used to some touch screens and you want to touch this screen and it's not moving. <laughs> so it exposes us as to our age also. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to um, um, bore the uh, select committee with much because I think um, 
both the commissioners and especially the DG has has gone into detail um, on this uh, report itself. And, and I think they've sufficiently responded to most of the questions uh, as, of, as posed. But I want to, to uh, chair, um, maybe as part of my uh, concluding remarks to to, to to say, I'm sure now at this point in time, the select committee, honorable members are able to see that uh, and realize that uh, all these reductions are of major proportions and they are very, they are too deep, uh, honorable chair, to normalize functionality for our programs and but we have now to learn to do more with less i think this is actually the basically what what this whole situation uh, presents us with but i'm also wondering honorable chair and members um, that um, as this department of employment and labor uh, shouldn't we be uh, discussing uh, the assessment of our current revenue raising functions. Maybe at some point the select committee would want to sit down uh, just for future sustainability of our programs, especially now uh, with our new mandate of employment creation, honorable chairperson and honorable members. Well, it is common knowledge, honorable chair, that we receive allocations from OSDORA, our Division of Revenue Act. And and, and of, of course, this process, uh, chair, uh, uh, has to take into cognizance our new mandate that has, might not necessarily have, have arrived at that point, uh, which, in my view, I think it, it is grossly overlooked. Uh, and 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 I think that uh, most of our entities, uh, and you'll agree with me, that they have adequate revenue raising capacity, and they can be sustainable. Uh, if allowed, uh, honourable chairperson, maybe we should begin a process of looking deeper into such a possibility. We know that currently we are overstretched, but I think that it arises therefore that through our entities, our department chair, uh, we know that we contribute a, signif a significant proportion uh, of funds into the national budget, uh, uh, which is uh, proportionally distributed across the board. I think that uh, chair, I'm sure through the UIF, uh, contribution to the PIC, the monies that are allocated, including our intervention of what they, we have contributed of the the 40 billion allocation from the UIF and many other department uh, entities within our department chair. Uh, don't we think that it is the right time or at some point we need to give ourselves time to, to check all these possibilities uh, uh, that we can have to carefully consider uh, that we might be contributing too much, uh, a significant amount into the country's uh, fiscal as this department. And, and my simple argument, honorable chairperson and honorable members, is why are we not able to argue and motivate, mitigate, uh, maybe in the nearest future, uh, that we deserve more? Uh, we deserve some special treatment as this department, that just like other social cluster departments, which uh, of which its budgets were not uh, attached at some point. Don't we think that this is might might have created an opportune moment for us to begin to say what we contribute as through UIF, through other entities, to other uh, uh, to the fiscal or national budget. Aren't we supposed to be given even a little more money? 
Uh, I'm just uh, throwing it as a food for thought uh, for the future, Honorable Chair, but I think uh, at this point in time, I need to, on behalf of the Minister uh, our, of our Department, uh, to thank the Committee Chair and Honorable Members of the uh, Select Committee for having hosted us. Uh, and I think that we are humbled uh, by how you have handled our matters, Honorable Chairperson, and we we are actually at your service. We are prepared, Honorable Chairperson, as and when you want further information, clarity, seeking questions, to, uh, to respond at any given moment. We are at your service, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you very much, uh, TM, uh, for first attending the, the meeting uh, and also the contribution that uh, you, you've made uh, to the meeting. Uh, we take uh, into account uh, the, the issues uh, that uh, you are raising. Uh, just that the, the way the, the parliament uh, uh, work is structured uh, doesn't really make a space for discussion that you are suggesting. Um, I think this uh, nature, maybe something that uh, parliament should at some stage review, where perhaps uh, instead of uh, you coming to account, which is uh, supposed to be happening uh, naturally, uh, but also there the, the should be a space where uh, there are exchanges of uh, ideas uh, that will be common for, for the, the sector that uh, we operate in. Uh, rather than saying you must account as to what is it that you've done, but also there should be a platform where we, we, we make suggestions uh, that those suggestions that can be taken into account. Um, uh, for example, uh, the, the issue that uh, was raised with regard to uh, SEE, uh, the Supported uh, Employment uh, Enterprise. Uh, uh, perhaps it's something that also as committees, uh, we must take up with our uh, uh, colleagues uh, in the in the in the portfolio committee, starting with the the employment and labour, and then we meet with the the finance committees uh, in the the standing committee on finance in the P in the PC uh, NA, and also the select committee on finance uh, in the NCOP. So the four committees then can meet uh, and discuss this particular issue. Invite. Uh, both department, the Department of Employment and Labor, as well as a, a, a Treasury. Uh, so that is not only the matter between the executive, uh, the issue of SEE, because I hear DG say uh, they've been hammering uh, uh, on this issue for, for some time now. Uh, I think it, it's, it's time also for uh, Parliament also to come in, because uh, uh, we've been to uh, the, these uh, companies and we've seen uh, the work that uh, they, they are doing. So I, I fully agree with you. Sometimes we, we only invite you to account, but there's no contribution that uh, we're making sometimes uh, in terms of the ideas uh, uh, as, as, as parliament. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking this one off uh, also perhaps as uh, the two, uh, four committees, uh, two from the NCOP, two from the NA. Maybe it's a matter that it should be on the agenda of the two committees so that we, we invite both the, the Department of uh, Ministry of Employment and Labor as well as the Treasury so that we discuss this issue uh, of uh, special uh, uh, treatment for SSEE in particular. 
but uh, as well as other ideas uh, in future as well. Uh, there are things that are happening, just that if today we're only focusing uh, on the revised uh, budget, we're still interested in other issues, uh, the tracks that are blocking the roads. I know at some stage we had a meeting with the department on that particular issue. would like to, want, uh, to get an update as to how far I know the there's a policy that is being developed around the issue of labor migration. Uh, we would like to be updated as to how far the department is with regard to that, because we're concerned about this uh, blockade uh, that is uh, taking place uh, by uh, uh, South African workers uh, and complaining about uh, the employment uh, of foreign nationals. So we would like to, to have uh, an update around those particular issues. Otherwise, we really appreciate, uh, we understand uh, the situation uh, that the country is in. We've already had a number of uh, also uh, meetings with other departments. In fact, uh, others uh, are worse off uh, than the Department of uh, Employment and Labor. I think there's one department that is, I think, uh, about, I think, uh, four billion uh, that has been taken. I know it's uh, it's more than even your total, because uh, your total is three billion. Uh, the four billion has been taken. Uh, initially, it was going to be eight billion, but they negotiated it down uh, to to four billion. Uh, so we understand the situation. We will be meeting again this after, I mean, this evening, uh, with the Department of uh, Public uh, Works and Infrastructure. I'm sure they will also be telling us uh, how much has been suspended. I don't understand this term suspended, <laughs> especially given the, the issue that uh, uh, Honorable Dango was raising, because minister minister is always coining these uh, terms. Uh, he coins the term of suspension, but also is coming up with the issue of uh, uh, zero budgeting. Uh, so I don't know how the two then uh, link, if uh, you're going to bring back the money, but yet the baseline, because uh, you talk about baseline and also you talk about zero budgeting, and then you're talking about suspension. We we also don't even know what is going to happen in October uh, with the medium-term budget uh, policy statement, uh, whether uh, there will be any money that will be coming. But the reason also I was asking the role of the CF and the UIF, because I thought that because they they generating uh, income, so it would be better if they also assist uh, with regard to the department uh, uh, programs, uh, particularly around the inspection and enforcement. But the DG has been able to 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 respond to that particular uh, to that particular matter uh, eloquently. Um, thank you very much uh, uh, to everybody for attending. Uh, thank you, Deputy Minister. We appreciate uh, your attendance. Uh, Honourable members, uh, we coming to the end of the meeting. Uh, just uh, as I was uh, making announcement that uh, again now we meeting at uh, six. A meeting that will be chaired by Honourable Moimank, uh, Select Committee on Transport, uh, Public uh, Service and Administration, uh, Public uh, Works and uh, Infrastructure. Tomorrow we will be meeting uh, with the Department of uh, Trade. Uh, industry and competition. Initially, the meeting was going to take place at three. We were supposed to have two meetings uh, for tomorrow, a small business development. The department is not ready. Uh, so we had to take the slot of uh, the small business development, which was uh, 
at nine. And now the, that slot is given to uh, DTIC. So the meeting tomorrow will then be at uh, nine instead of uh, uh, 1500 hours. So I thought uh, I must uh, make uh, those uh, announcements because though uh, the committee secretary has sent uh, the information, I thought that uh, perhaps it's important for those who have not been able uh, to, to check their emails. Uh, that uh, we have this meeting this evening and then tomorrow morning at nine uh, we'll be meeting with the DTIC. Thank you very much, uh, honorable members. Thank you, DM. Thank you, uh, DG and the uh, officials uh, from the department. Uh, I see there are some of thank the you, sir. DGs you, sir. that are present as well. Thank you very much. Thank the, you. Thank you. So much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank meeting at ten. Okay. Hello. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. bye, -bye. bye, -bye. bye, -bye. bye, -bye.